1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast, production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power?
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And One of the ways we do that is to bring you tools, tips, tricks of the trade, that you otherwise might not know about. And I got to tell you something, man, my friends at IPFS, and they are my friends before they're my vendors. Actually, we call them partners here. That's why we are Florida Risk Partners, not Florida Insurance Agency or some stupid crap like that. We want partnerships with our clients. We want partnerships with our team members. We want partnerships with those people who provide the technology and the services necessary for us to deliver best-in-class service. And IPFS is one of those people but not very many people know just exactly how much these guys can do, man. You know, it's it's crazy to think that for as advanced as the technology has become inside of IPFS and the number of problems that they can easily solve by bringing things into a common platform that they are moving to fast and furiously, it makes writing business so much easier. So one of my number one goals of this podcast is and always will be to make it easier for producers to write business but I also like to make it easier for them to get paid. And IPFS can do both. So today our guest is Mr. Chase Courtney, one of my best friends inside of their organization. I call him the Ragin Cajun Cajun cuz he is from the heart of Louisiana and I mean if you if you have seen any of the movies about backwoods Louisiana what was the one i man? what was it i don't was it was it a few good men that was the uh the 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 book about the mayor or the congressman or something i don't even remember it was required reading in high school it was an what? interesting book it was it's southern about politics about yeah, Huey, yeah, uh, yeah yeah
2: yeah. every man a king every man a king is okay a, there we go one. uh yeah, yeah. uep long man uh yeah uh every man a king that, that was that was his saying um and then like they, sean penn i think did a movie uh oh yeah it? a bunch of
1: yeah. them yeah a yeah. bunch of them but this guy like this guy's a jack of all trades he's a cpa he's a technology with i honestly chase i don't even know what your official title is so why don't you go ahead and tell him and just sort of give the ten thousand foot overview of who you are and how you got to ipfs and then I want to talk about and done. I want to talk about total pay. I want to talk about the technology advisory board that's out there. And also, I want to talk about some wins, not just some things that y'all have done that have made it better for my agency, but I want to hear some things that you're doing in other places out there that would definitely resonate with the crew. That's listening to this.
2: Love it. Love it. Yeah. We'll cover it all. Uh, I'll start with the background. First of all, I'll start with the Louisiana note. You know, uh, I think Walter Isaacson said it. There's only two people that come from Louisiana, either a preacher or a storyteller. So I'm not the preacher. I might have made more money being a preacher. I don't know. But uh, uh, (laughs) but for Creflo Dollar, the storyteller. So uh, uh, but yeah, my background, you're right. Uh, My title technically is director of technology sales at IPFS. uh, But I've also spent time heading up our product um I I do a little bit of everything um and really that was my role coming to IPFS was to bring a new lens of how we look at things at IP basically everybody knows it as the premium finance company but my my background is fintech so um, I would say generally it was we have all these great technology solutions we have all these great ideas how do we look at things through a different lens based upon your experience and so my experience is yes i make the joke i'm a recovering cpa i was spent about almost nine years at ernst and young uh and doing that i actually was on the tax side and i was helping build tax technology systems for private equity firms for a long while for the majority of my career but then i found a unique opportunity where ey had this had this idea and and it worked really well within the tax side to bring in lean six sigma consultants in but the problem is you had a bunch of engineers who were Lean Six Sigma, had no idea how to operate EY's business. And they needed somebody to help sell their services externally and internally who could help them translate. And, and that's where I came in. So I ran uh, our global uh, go to market services for our global continuous improvement groups. A lot of words, but that's that's the world of consultant for you, to which then I found a fantastic opportunity. Could I uh, can't speak uh, uh, highly enough of this company, a company called WorkEva. Uh, about 80% of the Fortune 500 uh, are using WorkEva to uh, e- file their external SEC filings through the cloud. They were the first to do it, did it in 2009. If you think about how scary that was, the most sensitive financial data is going to go through a cloud uh, in 2009. Uh, but they did it, and they went public in 2014. Uh, it was a bit like, ran like a very large startup. And essentially, they had an experiment. They said, we're going to take these CPAs that we think have the intangibles to sell – we're going to teach them how to sell, um, and so i uh, I was our central rail uh, central sales uh, I
1: have to believe that was a very limited sample set of cPAs who could actually sell
2: it it, it was it was but probably
1: broader than the number of engineers who could actually sell
2: it, it, yeah absolutely and uh, and it's funny because you know all of us that we all remember uh, the, uh, the class, if you will, all sitting in the same room the first day in very similar personalities, but um you know they were bringing bringing people who had the technical knowledge who can go speak to chief accounting officers CFOs um you know it, it, and be able to actually effectively sell but then you know bring bring that know-how and bring that confidence that look this you're an expert in your field um so again the trusted advisor right that's that's everything we wanted to be so yeah so we we did sales boot camp at work eva can't speak highly enough of uh, my vp of sales who were there uh I have some fantastic stories of how, uh, in within about two years, really I felt gave me the tools and necessary to go out and be dangerous within sales. And then this opportunity at IPFS came up. And, uh, to be honest, I was reluctant because I really loved work Eva, really a really great, great organization, but I saw the opportunity. Um, and I, it was the best decision I've made. First of all, Insurance is the greatest industry. It's the hmm. most fun industry. I, if if you had to ask, like, what is my biggest regret in my career, it's not getting an insurance in the sector more soon. I mean, look, I, the, if you think about ver, hanging out with CFOs versus small business owners and people who really have had to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, I'm not saying CFOs haven't, um, but uh, I'll, all I'm saying is, uh, you know. Working with the independent agent has been one of the most fulfilling, greatest things that I've done in my career and continue to do. I'll tell
1: you what, man, it's funny though, when you say like, not that CFOs haven't pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Absolutely. You got to put in work in most cases to get to that role. But I think the other thing you likely found, and I'm not saying that you came into the industry with any preconceived notions or bias I, I feel like at least in the circles, you know, that I run in, right. Cause you and I are part of the same crew for all practical purposes. The average, the average independent agent that owns an agency in today's age is a heck of a lot sharper than what most people would give them credit for at face value. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think that, that, um, and I'm not saying that you necessarily needed to be surprised by that, but I have to believe at least it's somewhat refreshing thinking, okay, these, these people are fairly sharp. That they're gonna get it. I'm gonna I got I got something that that I need to get a message on and I got a feeling they're gonna pick up what I'm putting down without any problem. And I think that a lot of people make that mistake. You know, I can't tell you the number of times that I have personally talked with software vendors or people who are service providers who essentially talk down to me because it's like they feel like I'm not on you know their level, whatever that may be, right? And that's obviously a big mistake cuz i don't like to be talked down to by anybody but i th- i think just think it's a natural thing and when you deal with people specifically in the financial sector you guys are dealing with complicated stuff right mm-hmm. you're yeah. dealing with things that are that, that isn't necessarily the easiest to understand it's things that is the lifeblood of any agency that you're dealing with and that's one of the things i think that i appreciate about about you specifically but ipfs as a whole the culture seems to be very much about educating the agent when given the opportunity
2: yeah, absolutely well, you know what you're saying in terms of just uh, people not giving the independent agent maybe credit for uh, where credits do you know I, I had a I was actually just in New Orleans this past week, and one of our largest clients I've, I've passed their office a million times you know my whole my whole life. Not knowing what that office did. But you know, when you hmm. tend you, you, you tend to think of you know big big buildings, you know, and in the corporate world. And and the amount of money that passes through that office right there off the interstate, it just blows my mind and how sharp those folks are. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's just an industry. Well, I'll
1: give you an example, man. And I'm not gonna name names anywhere, but you know, we have a wholesaler that has had a relationship with quite a few different premium finance companies over the course of the last 18 24 months that we've been working on, uh with them and we had to have a call you know I finally found out who was responsible for accounting because we had never gotten any kind of a producer commission statement which means we also weren't hadn't gotten any kind of money and you know I get on the horn and it was obvious that this person, it, it used to be the big six, then it was the big four. I don't know what it is now, but it was it was obvious. It was from an ENY or a Pricewaterhouse or a Deloitte or one of those places. There's three or three out of the four right there. But um uh, yeah. and, and, and anyhow, uh, KPMG may be the fourth one. I don't know who is the fourth one. K- KPMG, yeah, that's right. There we go. Yeah. Four for four on Jeopardy people. Yeah. Hey, if you're if you're ever on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, that's the lifeline. I got you on that question. But anyhow, I jump on the horn with this guy. And the first thing he wants to the first thing literally on email, and it was in writing and it made me so irritated. I immediately flipped it to the CEO, CEO of the company and said, is this really how you want your accounting people talking to those that are out there trying to help you grow? And it yeah. was like, he said, let me tell you how premium financing works. And I'm like, oh, well, last time I checked friend, that's how I get my money. And I can assure you, David knows more about the ways he gets paid than anything else in his agency. So You know, let's go ahead and dial it back a few notches and let me tell you how the real world works as far as dealing with people like me. Because what I know is that in almost two years, I've not gotten a commission statement telling me what I should get paid. And number two, I haven't been paid. So if what you want to talk about doesn't have anything to If it doesn't have anything to do with those two things, I don't need the history on premium financing. What I do know is exactly how it works. And I know you got paid. I just need to know where my cut is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, um, you talk about kind of the real world. It is it, like, cause I've seen, I've been on both sides of the coin with the big, you know, and you know, for those of the big four, I, I'm just going to say it. It's really not the real world in a sense, uh, being in, in, in the right. uh, consulting game because, um, you know, You're dealing I, I, with I,
1: the fortune 500 a lot of the time, man, you're dealing with these major, major corporations. You're not, you're not dealing with the guy or the lady who's making the hiring decision, firing decision, you know, where we're going to spend our ad budget. What, I mean, it's, it's literally everything comes across our desk and you know, it's not as organized. It's a little bit more chaotic, but at the end of the day, you're right. It's not the same. And I don't think that I I just feel like when you're in an organization, the size of the organizations you would have been dealing with, Mm -hmm. like, that's where the shirt, stu- the term stuffed shirt comes from, man. At some point, you're you're the figurehead of something, and and you're so disconnected with what reality is that's actually happening on the streets. I've got to imagine that's what you're talking about. Now, at least now you're at a point where you get like you want to know what's going on on the streets. You got a laundry list of people you can pick up the phone and talk to, and you're going to get the real scoop, you know. Then you can create your own opinions from that. I think a lot of the times when you come from the a, a, a big firms like that, and it's not relegated to the accounting world and the consulting world, but you have your preconceived opinions, you're going to try and cram down the solution to when what, what you walk in the first day because you know everything about that business because we're the big four and we we do this all the time and we're the best at what we do. Well, guess what? You can walk into my office and I can promise you I got some things that'll make the big four's head spin that are going on in Florida Risk when they walk in. They don't know what's going on
2: well it, it brings me back so in and you know my journey at work even i like i said i can't speak highly enough of that company and in my vp of sales uh, he, he was he was he was pretty hard hard pressing and but i love that i i respond better to like the bear bryant style you know the old school bear bryant style uh, uh, football if you will you know uh, really yeah, pushing you and and, and testing you and i i do remember he said something along the lines of i'm about to beat the consulting out of each of you <laughs> and 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 he did and, and and he really taught us how to go through con- through a consultative sales methodology and once once i really got you know got that skill set at, at WorkEva and then saw the opportunity here at ipfs really and to bring that same approach to from a premium finance sales perspective because yeah, you know, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like looking at the premium finance sales uh, process up until a certain point, look like pharmaceutical sales and a lot, you know, we're gonna bring a lot of cookies, we're gonna bring a lot, you know, and just show up. But how dangerous could you be if you had the relationships, but truly became and I'm, I'm gonna say it, it's, it's like a buzzword, but it's true, a true trusted advisor, you can really take a consultative approach in your sales. Uh, and, and and walk away from deals that, you know, aren't good for that per- particular person. And and really, but let's really transform how we how we do sales uh, for premium finance. But then obviously there's the payment side, which I know we'll get into here in a, in a moment where it's really they needed help getting that off the ground and, you know, formulating a strategy around how we get payments off the ground. How does that work with an, an existing company, uh, standing up a new company and what resources should be shared and what shouldn't, where to focus strengths, where where to realize our weaknesses are. And so I think my background, I saw so much diversity in what I've done and this unique opportunity. I think it all just was kind of a perfect storm. And, and having, having our executive committee and having them be on board for the, my ideas, I mean, I think that was that was the catalyst for me, uh, making the jump into, into where I'm at now.
1: So you show up at IPFS day one, what's that look like, man? I mean, I, I know what it looks like now, and I still know that you guys have work to do to get to where you want it to be, but you know, what did you like, what's the first thing you decided that needed to take priority on your list? Showing
2: up to IPFS day one. I, um, I'm going to answer that question again. You got a Louisiana storyteller. Um, I will say I did a, I did a one month observation presentation uh, after, you know, I one a little over one month and it was, I think it was seventy Boy, it was a lot of slides uh, and it told a story. Um, but my observation really was the focus of, of technology sales. We had to first define what is a sale first, you know, um, I think, We relied on our relationships a whole lot to say, hey, just sign up and use, you know, just sign up for this. And I think the first thing was getting across the message that signing up for something is not really selling something. We need people to actually use it and the idea of of, of an active user. So I think that was my first first observation. My second observation was segmentation. I think up until about two years ago, we really... We, we really hadn't focused enough on understanding our segmentations that we play in understanding. Yes. So oh, we do agencies, we do wholesalers, we do carriers, but boy, all the sub segments within an agency, what kind of agencies, you know, what size agencies, you know, what's the difference between an agency that's doing you know, less than uh, 1.25 million in revenue versus those that are doing 25 million and, and, and more. Can you tell me the characteristics of those different agencies? What interests, you know, what are the personas that go along with that? What about wholesalers? What do they care about? And then again, the whole sub-segments within there. Then carriers, truly, what do carriers care about? But then these new segments that are popping up, you know, third-party platforms, uh, core PNC platforms, third-party rate quote buying platforms, because again, the secular trends of fintech, and I'll go to my third observation, the secular trends of fintech. We're just now starting to occur within insurance. What do I mean by that? Open, open ecosystem, specialized players being able what to you happen. mean
1: by that is the insurance industry is 10 years behind everybody else. Just, I mean, and I'm saying that obviously tongue in cheek, but in reality, you're probably seeing the, the insurance industries moving into stuff that you were already doing literally for years before you made the job.
2: Absolutely. I, I'll pick on, I'll pick on our buddy Jason Cass. I remember I met first time I met Jason Cass. We went. Me and Dave, uh, my my steam colleague, Davey Holt. We took him out to dinner in Kansas City. We sit down, and he goes, "Hey man, what about this thing RPA. Have you ever heard? Of, have you ever heard of it?" <laughs> and uh, of course, now EY tried to beat uh, RPA and down our throats like in 2013, 2014. and and uh, I I, I kind of got worn out on the RPA trend in the fintech world. Uh, uh, Roughly about 10 years, to your point, about seven to 10 years before. And so that was my first indication to put put a timeline about how far the insurance was uh, with FinTech. It was about seven to 10 years. The, the trends that you're seeing with the agency management systems, you know, Vertifor, I get, you know, again, two years ago, the conversation was you're going to have to pay millions of dollars to do an integration with Vertifor. They're never going to let you in. And now Vertifor, you know, uh, our good friend Doug Moore, he's like, you, you want our updated APIs? Here you go. You want our updated? Here, here you go. They're open. It was very analogous to kind of what you saw with SAP and Oracle and these ERP systems uh, in the late aughts, early teens, again, seven to 10 years ago. So, yeah, so I I think these secular trends in fintech, you're starting to see now. And uh, that was, again, another great opportunity for me because I've already been there. I didn't need a huge crystal ball to really uh, prepare to work, uh, to prepare what these trends are going to mean for our industry. And uh, I think we've done a fantastic job in Positioning ourselves uh, to be a, a premium finance payments company in the future because of that, um, and and the openness of of our leadership to to with these ideas and recognizing that yeah we do need to do some things which I know we'll get into here in a little bit about what we actually did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's um, we might as well dive in, man. I mean. I know that you've got Anne done on the payment side. I know that you've got total pay on the premium finance side. And you know, I think that probably um a really good question is probably is, is one of the more basic ones. And, and that is, why why do you need a payment solution if you've got total pay already? You know, I know agents out there, and it's one of the things that I see posted all the time is who is a firm that we can use, you know, to handle our payments for those people who you know we still do agency bill for. And you'll see him throw out the the usual suspect and you know, I don't view and I could be completely off base here, but I don't view you as being at this point a direct competitor with some of the people that have been in the space. Yes, I think that the product com- will compete and and is designed to compete but I don't think of IPFS is the first, like payments isn't the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. And so if I have the ability to take a down payment, or we had the ability to run a total payment for a, a financed policy through total pay, why do why do I need and done? So maybe, maybe explain the difference between what a payment, you know, a payment side is versus the premium finance side. Start there and build the foundation, and then we can get into it.
2: Love it. Love it. To do that, you got to we got to define what and done is. So about two, two and a half years ago, IPFS made the strategic decision to build its own payments company, start its own payments company. It's called and done that that company is called and done. It's a wholly owned subsidiary of IPFS, separate development team, completely, in a sense, separated from IPFS, yet owned by IPFS. The original strategic reason was really to bring all of, the, I mean, we process billions upon billions of dollars a year. So it really was to take advantage of bringing that volume in house, because from a service infrastructure perspective, we were put at a disadvantage. Because if you called about a premium finance payment, I mean, we would have to be the, just the middle person like anybody else and have to sit on the phone waiting for our third party payment processor to do something. So we, we wanted to take those third parties out of the equation because really, again, that's at the benefit of our customer. Um, we wanted to bring our service next level. So consolidating that infrastructure in doing that, we realized, okay. And this was two years ago. Um, we said, you know, if we were to able a premium, a pay in full option, um, more easily with a premium finance option, would we be able to increase? And the hypothesis was it, it would increase our premium finance. Now, what I would tell you is offering premium finance and, and paying full together, there is a hypothesis that it just will increase premium financing. My answer to that, after looking at all the data is in a lot of cases, yes. In a lot of cases, no, too. Um, I would say the data kind of it levels itself off. But really, the core that we struck was people wanted a consolidated vendor, right? In, in this part of the insurance value chain, having a consolidated uh, vendor brings value. So to your point, total pay is the ability to offer a pay in full option out of our premium fi- online premium finance quoting experience. Okay, so if you think about that, if you really break it down at its simplest form, it's in my premium finance platform. I can offer a pay in full. It's a premium finance solution that offers pay in full. Okay, so I'm going to just make that distinguish that, that distinguishing between a payments platform that offers premium finance, um, but I'll come back to that. So as we went to market with Total Pay, it, I mean, it was our fastball. I mean, it, it resonated within the market, especially the timing of COVID. And as I said, the data math, did it increase our premium financing? In some cases it did, in some cases it didn't, but it really helped better serve our customer. And I would tell you, we had about, uh, and to date, almost 900 active users using it and and of course, it's a highly competitive space, but we we saw that it resonated. But we also saw the need that we needed a payment solution to be able to better really, if we really wanted to go into the payment space, total pay wasn't enough. It worked well for a lot of our customers, but it really wasn't enough. When we think about payments, I, I, I make the bad, probably bad analogy. My um, The the tech genius behind Ann Dunn and the, all of our payment solutions, uh, Ryan Westerman is a lot better analogies than I am, but I'll use it anyways. Um, payments and premium finance kind of like peanut butter and jelly. You're going to see them in the in the pantry uh, together for the most part, but there's a lot of times where you're not going to see them together. Um, there are divergent strategies where premium finance is not even in the equation. Conversely, payments is not even in the equation. It's just the pre- it's just premium finance. But for the most part, they do go together within the insurance value chain. So when we took a step back to say, okay. We we see this opportunity in the market. People do want to consolidate a vendor. What do we need to do to be the, a, a a a very large uh, payments player to contend with? Well, if you think about it, we already had this robust. I mean, we had an infrastructure of a payments company that can process billions upon billions of dollars. So we already had this robust backend infrastructure, and then we started to see these startups. Um, you know, uh, you know, and I won't name them, but that had good UI UX, had good experience, you know, had had a good tech layer. But if you think about kind of what was going on in the back end, they were built really on four different companies or five different companies. You know, it's all these integrations that come through, but just through a tech layer. Well, when we took a step back, we said, well, hold on. We have such a robust infrastructure to be, to be able to process payments, you know, with the likes of like a Stripe or a PayPal. We just need the tech layer and, and need to really provide the tech layer that the, the market needs. So I go back to total pay, total pay again, offer a pay in full out of our premium finance. But what if you don't do premium financing? You know, we're going to force you to go down an online quoting experience for you to be able to offer a pay in full. And that's, that's where our new payments platform, you know, was really born because we said, well, hold on. We we see this, we see this opportunity um, to not only replace like Stripe in an embedded experience, which is kind of where we started. So we could, incubate our payment platform and then then it's really building that new f- hosted solution that would resonate with both you know, agents, wholesalers and then you know again as we as we continue to build this hopefully move upstream to you know the carrier world a carrier world as well too um but really it's like i said in the simplest form it's we took a step back and said this idea has been validated by the market what do we need to do to 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 get more and what that was was building a true payments platform not just the ability to offer painful out of a premium finance platform.
1: So I guess, let me ask you this, because for me, I, I struggle with understanding why an agency would need that unless they're writing the type of business where it's agents, like, I don't know, maybe it's non-standard and they need to be able to take payments via card or something over the phone, completely foreign to what I do. So I don't know or maybe it's that they're only writing commercial accounts of a certain size and those people by and large don't want a premium finance they just pay their premium in full or whatever are there any other reasons why an agency would want to have a payment platform in place that you've seen aside from just the normal transacting of insurance business yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, any you know, agencies that are doing any type of financial consulting, tax preparation, business bonds, um, you know, any, any other any other uh, portions of their business that that they need to collect payments, you know, uh, the benefit side of the house as well, too. Um, so strictly speaking from the agency perspective, yeah, we we, we see um, we see use cases outside of just the normal run of the mill agency bill pay in full collect. But yeah, I would tell you though we also see the you know other opportunities where we've seen some crossover is, um, you know we're starting to work with like third party platforms where rate quote bind platform where essentially break quote bind, but what happens? The, the, the transaction experience hasn't hasn't necessarily been flushed out and, and and solved yet. Um so we're starting to see a lot of traction there. And then you need a whole lot of horsepower in your infrastructure to be able to handle that because you're dealing with in, in deep integrations, embedded solutions, embedded components that go on third party hosted sites, not just an out-of-the-box, you know, hosted platform that you know people can just log in and use. So but yeah, I would say there's there's various there's various use cases outside of uh just the collection of premium.
1: And what I what I heard in that answer is there's agencies that do a lot of other stuff aside from just insurance. And that that absolutely makes sense. That's what that's one of the things, truthfully, I always struggled with. I'm like, and done, what do I need that for? Like I can do everything I need to do inside total pay, and I never really needed it. And then one day I realized I did because you guys helped me with a major issue we were dealing with. And I think that part of that, too, is, and I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong thing and have people come to you with expectations that David said on Power Producer podcast. But I mean, I feel like with and done, you know, if you're in a pickle and you need to get money quicker, there's that's a faster way for you to get that money into your agency and flipped around to whichever wholesaler you need to pay or whatever else. And the answer, and the reason I, and it may be that that's just a conversation you could also have on the premium finance side if you needed to. I don't know. I just know that my first real experience with using and done and people, there's no BS in this story was when I was at the agency success conference out in April. And there's a picture that went viral on LinkedIn of me, you, Davey Holt, and Ryan Westerman standing at the table at the vendor hall. And and basically, I had a client that was canceling the next day if we didn't get the down payment for the premium finance agreement. But it wasn't just the down payment. It was the down payment plus the first installment. And it needed to get in. It needed to get to the carrier. And I wanted to obviously very interested in making sure I get paid as well in the process. And look, man, I think all of us understand that, you know, when you aren't dealing with the normal billing options, when you're not dealing with your direct carriers and like, for example, I have the same routine on the first of every single month, whether it's on the weekend or on the weekday, you can be assured that it's somewhere between four thirty and five o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be in bed on my laptop, looking to see what all my commission statements said from the month before, because I want to be able to roadmap when the money is coming in to the agency. And I understand that when I use uh, a total pay to premium finance in an account, that there is a lag time between when that payment is made to IPFS and when I'm going to get the commission portion of that. that. That runs several days. It's not a big deal. I know exactly what to expect it's very predictable. But in this instance, we needed to do some, some jockeying is what we'll say. And people, this is not a small account. This account was over a million dollars in premium. These guys went out of their way. They set up a VPN at a conference to make sure we were secure. We were able to draft my client's bank account, but not just one bank account because it could never be that easy. It's always got to be the client with multiple entities, and each entity has their own. So we had to take down payments from several different bank accounts across several different entities to cover what needed to happen on the premium finance side. And the beauty of them doing that part through and done, as opposed to the premium finance side, is the majority of the actual down payment was actually the commission the agency was supposed to get. So literally in the 10 minutes, we went from an account, a million dollars plus in premium that was going to cancel to being able to collect a down payment across multiple entities, multiple bank accounts, and strip the commissions out from that and, and initiate a wire of the commissions into the FRP account to make sure that we got our money without having to wait because we were already 45 days in, I think, on this account. It was a horrible... Look, everybody out there looking for a reason why. David should have taken the down payment originally, okay? There was a reason why it wasn't done. That'll be a different episode for a different day. But there were extenuating circumstances that had to do with a bunch of vehicles that needed to be removed from the policy, and we were waiting for those endorsements to hit. And one thing led to another, and it just got into a ruckus. All that to tell you, me having the relationship and me having the technology with IPFS not only took care of my client's best, need, best interest took care of my wholesaler and got them paid, the carrier and got them paid. And last and definitely not least, we got paid as well. I can't think of a single other partnership that I have with the exception of maybe, I would say any of the people that that are part of Producers in Paradise and have been down there the last couple of years, that is the expectation from every one of them. Not because it's a fair expectation, but because it's what they delivered. And now I expect it. That's why it's important for you to have relationships with these people. Listen, I can assure you, I get called on every single day by premium finance people. It, it, not every day, but at least every week. And sometimes they walk into the office. When I got back, I was somewhere with with y'all and I got back. And when I did, there was stuff sitting on my desk where somebody else had come in To solicit us, nobody wants to make that change once you've got it. Like, I feel like we get comfortable and we want to be, you know, we want to use the same person because the pain to change is greater than the pain to remain the same. Let me tell you something if you're out there using the same finance company that you started using 10 or 15 years ago and you don't have this type of technology, you are missing out because one of the reasons why we didn't write agency bill, especially excess and surplus line stuff here. At Florida risk is I didn't want to have to deal with the trust accounting ins and outs. I didn't want to have to remember to pay carriers with total pay. That's the beauty of it. They can go in, they can, you guys can collect the down payment. You can finance the rest. You pay the wholesaler. You send us our commission. And I literally am not accounting for anything, but the revenue that we come in have come in from you is commission on the account. To me, that takes agency bill and essentially makes it work. Just like my direct bill relationships were. And I realize that some of the agents out there probably aren't going to think that that's a big deal. But when you're not writing business because it's a pain, and then all of a sudden you open up that segment, especially in a state like Florida, where we're heavy excess and surplus lines, our organic growth is going to be at like 25% this year. And a lot of it's in ENS because we have a partnership now with IPFS. We went from financing little to no premium at all with our prior providers to having a multi-million dollar relationship in just a matter of a a year. And the only reason why is because I sat down long enough to listen to what they had to say. And it wasn't even a sales presentation. It would talk about Cass. It was at Brainshare in San Antonio in 2021. And literally, Davey was the one that presented. I heard what I needed to hear. I think he talked for 15 minutes. And I listened for about 30 to 45 seconds of that. He walked back to get a a drink of water when he was done talking. I grabbed him. I'm like, hey, did I just hear you tell me that I can basically make agency bill work like, like direct bill? He goes, yeah, in a matter of speaking, I'm like, send me whatever I need. I'll move my entire relationship right now and I'll grow my agency profitably as a result. And then, of course, we did what you would expect. He goes, did we just become best friends <laughs> from stepbrothers? And the answer is, yep, we did. But I mean, I think it's important because a lot of times we get we get so comfortable with who we're using for different things, but yet we complain about it and we complain about it. But it's just like, it's like that that dripping faucet, like it, it, until it runs, it's not really something you're going to take the time. Like, I'm not going to go to Lowe's to get a washer to put inside of a, of a, of a dripping faucet. I'm just going to let the damn thing drip until I get sick of it. And then maybe I'll do something about it. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people out there right now that um, are in a position to change and probably need to, and they need, they need to hear that.
2: Well, and I go back to what I was saying about the consultative sales aspect of it. And, you know, what you outlined in that story at agency success, uh, I guarantee you, nobody, anybody listening and watching this, nobody knows that we can do those types of things. Um, you know, you talked we, about, we, we're going to get better at it. This is, that's part of it. But that consultative approach that we take to what is it that you want to accomplish? And and I really kind of boil it down into, in, from a, especially on the payment side, really three things. Like you want your customers to have the best experience as possible to, in order to accept payments, move money in. You want to have visibility into that money being moved in. And then the third thing, which is coming in a part of what's coming uh, soon, is you want to have control over that money, be able to move it where you want it to go. And there's a, very, there's a whole host of things that we can do to make that happen for you with a whole host of solutions. You know, we were talking with a wholesaler the other day. Um, or we're actually going live with the project this week, I shouldn't say talking with them, we've been talking with them them for a while. And here they are, they've got two web platforms, two different programs. And they're like, okay, we have one that's truly just facilitating direct bill. We have one that, you know, here's how our e-sign, you know, we're facilitating the e-sign process here. And we're collecting the down through this solution. And then from there, they get redirected to our existing premium. We just came in and said, well, what, what would you want? Do you want a hosted redirect? We, we built an integration. That, it's, it's a total pay integration. That's a branded redirect to an IPFS hosted site. looks just like them. And then where they can choose between premium, choose their quotes, choose through multiple quotes, do premium financing and pay in full. And then on their other program, we have our embedded, we call it our embedded widget, but an embedded payments component that's just directly stuck right there on their website in the checkout process that facilitates a direct bill program. I mean, we and we could have done a, gone a myriad of other ways as well with that too, but the point is, is it come talk to us like if you whatever preconceived notions you have of what we can do, give us a chance to see how we can make add more value because there is a there is a we have a, a very large toolbox to make things happen, uh, and, and I'll say another thing you, on that AC success story: the key to that is infrastructure. We make that happen because we are the rails. We don't, you know, we didn't have to call another third party to say, hey, uh, you know, that payment that just came through. Can you look in your system and, oh, you know, oh, you can't do it till tomorrow. Uh, You know, then I'm turning around saying, I'm sorry, David, we can't do it till tomorrow. No, no, no. We have complete visibility and control. It, it, and that matters. That really does matter. I can't see how many um folks we have now coming to us who's tried other solutions who said the payment didn't come through or they won't fund the payment when I need to. And it, 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 we can. There's a lot of flexibility in what we can do because we are our own rails,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that that the other thing is, and I know this is where you're headed with this, but I think it's important for people to know, too that this isn't like, you've got all of these different pieces of your infrastructure and you have to essentially navigate a map of the milky way galaxy to figure out where it is you're going to do each thing it's part of becoming the premier unified platform in the insurance vertical market right now and so it's you know for you to be able to for you to, to come up with all this technology and then make an agent have to navigate how and where to go to use it and everything right. would honestly be pointless and would get you no adoption. It is that user interface and the fact that you're going to have a single unified platform for people to go to that will, you know, make it even a better experience. And, you know, truthfully, that's that's where some of the newer competition that has come into the marketplace has sort of forced the hand to some of the legacy players that have been out. Like that's why, to me, competition's good. I'm not gonna have beef with people coming in and pushing the envelope and trying to make our industry better. I think they need to maybe do so in a graceful manner and not necessarily coming come in with a chip on their shoulder and and be um, boisterous about how they're gonna change the industry and they're gonna take out the legacy players and all of that because at some point, they're going to have to put up numbers and the legacy players have and have the balance sheets to continue to do so, and they'll just squeeze them out. So from my perspective, competition has been great for you guys because it really, you know, what was the quote from Emperor Mor- Morimoto that I fear all you've done is wakened a sleeping uh, sleeping yeah, giant sleeping or a sleeping dragon or whatever? I, I, I really feel like that that's, that's the story of IPFS Over the last few years, I'm not some schlep that just came into the insurance industry. I had no clue who you guys were until Steven Sedlak started hammering me to meet Davey. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, we were going to be in the same place at the same time. And he's like, look, will you please talk to my guy when when, when you're down there? I'd really appreciate it. I told him that I would get you guys connected. And I didn't know Davey from Adam, man. It's actually kind of a funny story because... When we um, when we went to BrainShare, that was the first year we did the protege, and we announced the winner live from BrainShare. So there were a lot of killing commercial people there. It was right on the heels of COVID, so a lot of people hadn't been to conferences and they were excited to be there and everything. And the last thing I wanted to do was talk to some premium finance guys. So like that story of me talking to Davey was the second day of the conference. On the first day of the conference, I had actually gotten an upgrade for some ridiculously cheap amount to a hospitality suite. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I was going to throw a banger in the hospitality suite. We had like over a hundred people in this crammed into this thing. And I didn't realize it, but IPFS had staged a bourbon tasting at the exact same time. And it was like crickets because we had everybody up at our party yeah. and I felt terrible. And so I didn't even put two and two together until long after brain share was over. And it might've been after I was had you know working with you guys for a couple months, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's the dude that was doing the bourbon tasting. <laughs> and I'm sitting here it, trying so. to, trying to pack out our, uh, trying to pack out our party. And I don't, I don't know how many people were. Um, I don't know how many people were even there to, you know, be able to, to hear his message. So we've taken care of that at plenty of subsequent conferences Absolutely. since by Joining efforts and having the party. But, um, you know, I just, I think that the the messaging is the biggest part, man. And people just don't get the, they just don't get it with regard to, uh, how easy it is to use you guys and what you're doing. The other thing I would tell you is, you know, if you're listening to this and you're looking to make a move and, and, you know, you, you expect everything to be a hundred percent perfect when you move, don't move like this is still a work in progress. What you can expect is to move to a platform that will definitely be the best in class platform. Mm -hmm. But if you go now, you have the ability to be heard. You know, one of the things I respect about IPFS, and I've been fortunate enough to be a part of is the technology advisory board that was put together so that y'all will hear the things that we're seeing on the streets and the things that we would recommend. So I, you know, if there are things going on with IPFS, I would recommend you reach out to one of the tab members and I'm one of them. You're welcome to send me an email at any given time. And I get them all the time, whether it's people who want to be introduced or it's people who have questions or whatever, I can help you navigate the inside of IPFS and get you to the right person to get your question answered. You should not be in a position where you know you have to worry about people getting back to you quickly. That's not the case. Never had an issue with that. You shouldn't have an issue with worrying about where your deals stand. If we have something where we need, you know, to, to do something extra or it's gonna take a little bit of time. I can promise you, TJ Porter is gonna let us know, hey man, I gotta go run this one up the flagpole a little bit. We have a specific carrier right now in the cyber marketplace that is on a watch list, you know, because. They have written a considerable amount of premium. And I feel like your books probably have gotten a little out of whack as far as how much is with that said carrier. And, you know, we went to finance a deal. I, believe it or not, it was actually the premium for the agency. I went to run it through. And he's like, I got to go get approval for this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. He's like, no, let me tell you. And so then I talked with him. He explained why it makes perfect sense. But I didn't have a question as to why something was taking longer than the expectation. IPFS does an exceptional job of setting the expectation and then not just meeting, exceeding it. It's when we come in with our own expectations of what should happen. And I want to make sure I, I present that to everybody accurately. It, look, it's it's not like this thing's getting cobbled together. Don't get me wrong. That's not it at all. I mean, you can, you're can you still going to be far better than where you are now in many cases. The The issue is it ain't where it's going to be. And we all know where it's going to be. So we tend to get a little bit impatient or a little bit anxious i would say impatience probably not the best word but anxious and excited about what we know is to come
2: yeah, it, yeah i'll go back to your comment about the competition i think i think what really has set ipfs apart has been that response like you see a company a legacy company like ipfs and and you see these new tech players come in and you could either you know have this e- ego about you that you know, they're well, they don't know what they're talking about. We've been here for 45 years. And that's when that's when you see companies like ours really suffer and real or, or or die. So you really we, we got forced to this, all right. Either we buy, we partner, we innovate, or we die. And we really looked at our strengths and 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 I'll go back to Anne Dunn and the importance of Anne Dunn and what we're doing on the payments and the premium finance side as well, too, because it's processing all the premium finance. You know, and Dunn was set up. We have 43 developers, uh, maybe even more actually, but 43 developers right now working purely just on payments, nothing to do with premium finance. So we have a whole company and team that is that is focused on being the best payments company within the industry. Meanwhile, you have IPFS focusing on being the best premium finance company in North America. Hopefully we expand farther than North America. Um, and then we have the ability to bring that together in one sound infrastructure. So we, we've been saying it's it's the innovation people want with the service and sound infrastructure that they need. Um, and that's what, and that, and ours, we're not rushing things out to market. You know, we're not trying to be, if, what we, what our, we know what the industry needs. We, we and we're going to constantly evaluate that. We're not going to get so, we're not going to get so caught up in, you know, who we are and what we do. We're going to constantly evaluate what, what our customers need, and we're going to build it in a, in a sound way that brings value. That, to your point, isn't cobbled together and just rushed out to market, uh, you know, to, to, to try to beat competition. Our, our goal is to build a sound infrastructure to do all things payments and premium finance and to leverage the 700 person company, 30 branch office um, you know, infrastructure that we have to be able to support that and be reliable um, and provide a reliable solution.
1: You know, I think the other thing too, and I, this is really, really important and, and, and agents out there, I want you to hear this because this, this is one of the biggest differences. Okay. IPFS is good as their technology is, as good as their platform is, as good as their product is, their people are what makes the difference. Now, those people are driving everything else that I just mentioned, and that's a big reason why that stuff is so awesome. But hear me out for a second. When I talk about how good the people are, I'm not talking about how good they are at their job. I'm talking about how good they are as people, because that's something that's very important to me in my agency and in life in general. You know, I will not align myself with people who don't have a similar moral compass to to what I have. I don't want people questioning why it is that I'm running in circles with people that are doing things that I would definitely disapprove of. And that is certainly something that happens in the insurance industry on a regular basis. We got all kinds of wildcats out there. And I know some of y'all listening to this. So call it what it is. That being said, they are privately held. They're held by a single family that has held them you know, from the beginning. And they run the business very much as if a family runs it. Now, they are far larger and far more sophisticated than what they had been. But that culture and that philosophy still flows through. And I think that's really important because that's something that we all can relate to. Every one of us, unless we've been acquired by somebody recently, we own our business or we work for the owner of a business. And it's a family owned business. And when that happens and you're not dealing with having to answer to shareholders, yes, you have to answer to quarterly production. You have to answer to profitability, but you have far more latitude when the family can make the decision ultimately on the right thing to do than when you're going to deal with a big bank or anybody else. It's one of the reasons why I prefer to do my banking with credit unions and community banks as opposed to the big players. I know that I'm still able to have a conversation. And if I were to say one thing that really just separates IPFS from everybody else out there, it's the conversations. It's the conversations they're generating to seek our opinion. It's the conversations we're having to get answers to questions or to get clarification. You can have that. And without that, all the customer service and everything else people say means absolutely nothing conversations are where business deals get done period and they absolutely are willing to do that
2: absolutely um yeah and from all like i said go back to the consultative sales approach and rather than us just showing up with cookies and talking about rates it's it's truly how how do we bring more value to your organization how do we streamline your back office activity how do we help you make more money that's really the basis of our conversation and then form on a relationship while we do that. And because we want again, be that trusted partner and bring a sound s- the solution to the market um, that can do. Bring finance, payments, move money for you. You have uh, reporting visibility and then any, a host of other things that we, we've yet to, to uncover at this point. But we, the, the point is, is we're going to continue to innovate. That doesn't stop.
1: Absolutely. So we're coming up on an hour, man. What did we miss? Oh. What haven't we covered?
2: Well, I'll tell you, um, you know what we're, you know, we we, we keep hammering about uh, in questions about total pay and our new payments platform. I'll just I'll just hammer that point home again. Again, we have the ability. We see we see the one thing that we do know. People do things. Every agent does something different, um, and. I'm going to call it configurable success. That's a term I brought from uh, from FinTech. We were always looking for solutions that could provide configurable success. We, we don't want to go build these highly customized solutions for folks. We want to be able to have solutions that could be easily configured to, to be able to, to uh, tailor to a workflow. Now, again, whether you're process and your workflow dictates having a paying full system, uh, the ability to offer pay-in fulls out of a premium finance platform, we can do that. And there's a ton of agents that that brings a ton of value to what they're doing in their back office. Um, if you're not doing that much premium financing and just need to offer it every now and then, but doing a lot of agency bill, but collecting a lot of pay in full, we have a platform that allows you to be able to do that and better be able to configure to your workflow for that particular uh, agent. If you're a, a third-party platform out there that needs a checkout solution embedded in your HTML, we have that as well too. You want to build an integration to a hosted, uh, a branded host, a uh, branded payment page uh, that offers premium finance? We could do that. Again, going back to the consultative sales, we want to sit down and understand how we can bring value and bring a host of solutions with us that that can be able to easily be implemented for you to do that. So um, I again, we got some great things on the horizon here for what we're doing, but I would just encourage you to sit down with us and uh, let's have let's have a conversation and uh, see how we can uh, better bring value. And if you haven't talked to us in over a year or even six months let's revisit that. Um, uh, there, there's all, we, we're moving at a rapid pace. So, um, I'll hit the men in black stick on you. Uh, come visit.
1: <laughs> it's funny you say that, man. I use that one all the time too, especially when a new producer comes into killing commercial. I'm like, all right, look into my camera, yeah. you know, I got to brainwash you first, somewhere. but um, it, it's funny because, you know, the one thing, and I, I, we're going to wrap it up with this. The one thing Davey Holt and I, you know, talked about was, you know, he said we're the we're the best kept secret in the insurance industry, and I said that's a horrible message. I said, Is you're the yeah. worst. I, really I said mean. you're the worst thing to keep a secret in yeah. the insurance industry. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm a uh, I'm a big supporter and a fan of IPFS. It's obvious y'all have done so much to invest in the killing commercial community and our agency specifically. We are always thankful for that relationship, and we know how much of a difference you have made for us in this hard market people i'm telling you you got to look for every angle you can and if you don't look at the points on premium finance agreements and be able to turn things around quickly and make it easy for people they're just looking for a reason to leave in addition to price so get it all locked up i'm going to stop it there ipfs is the industry leader in my book if you want more information you can you can go online to their website You can reach out to Chase, you can Chase Courtney, you can reach out to Davey Holt. These guys are all over LinkedIn. And you know what? I have no problem with you sending me a message with questions. Listen, if you've got a complaint or a reason you're not happy with them, I don't care if you send that to me too, because I know that if I get that into the right hands, it'll get fixed and somebody will write whatever wrong may have happened because nobody wants to have to deal with that stuff hanging out there. So Chase, I appreciate you coming on, man. You may be one of my favorite dudes to turn into a cartoon because I just know so many of those Louisiana stories that you have shared. So you have no idea what this episode. <laughs> we need a whole other like. podcast
2: to go through those. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I, I appreciate, appreciate your time, David. brother, and I hope you have a great week, man. I'll catch Thank you later. David. Appreciate See it. You. Thank
0: you, David. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast.